with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra Studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys Week 4 of the NFL season. It's our look at the upcoming Week 4 games all across the NFL, and in this episode, we'll cover the regular weekly picks, Andy's total prop tees, and also, we're going to get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always, from Almost Wise Guys Central, Mr. Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. Hey, bud. How are you? I'm well. You uh, you had a good week last week. I I did cash in well at the wicket. I uh, went eleven and four against the spread. I could still pick winners, and I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. Um, so took a couple weeks to get back on track, if you know what I'm saying. But um, no, you should be applauded because I went six and nine. Oh, Maddie. But I'm yeah, it hurts. It hurts. The fact was there, was, there was a few backdoor covers there, though, that kind of screwed oh, I me got over. Lu- no, I got lucky getting the 11, like the Baltimore Ravens. And there was, yeah, there was a few <laughs> Cincinnati, I think, uh, helped me out at the end. Yeah, they did. Uh, but the most important thing of last week is the fact that my Niners are now 3-0 and for the first time in a long time. Well, they so. tried. They tried their hardest to lose it. They gave the ball up five times, but that's how much Pittsburgh sucks this year. Is well, that they only they couldn't did capitalize it, you know, on three a single times one of them. in the red zone, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, you can't just give the game away to Pittsburgh. Yeah, got to make them work for it a little bit. You know but, that uh, Rudolph kid from Pittsburgh? Only one of his passes went for more than one yard downfield. I know that it was weird because he looked a lot different in the game before when he came in after Roethlisberger was injured. And I had much better expectations. Again, that's another game that I covered by taking the Steelers, but that was lucky too. I thought Tomlin got hit in the head and thought he went back in time before the lack of the forward pass. No, no, no. That was um, that was Pete Carroll that got hit in the head. Yeah. Or in the nose, rather, just before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see his grill, man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> not not, Pete, not Pete's him, finest day. He's yeah. a tough guy. Yeah, hey, well, I've seen it once when I was uh, playing my college football, we had a defensive, uh, well, actually our DBs coach, and we were doing uh, receivers and DBs catching off the ball machine. Yeah. And basically anybody that dropped the ball uh, was out and you had to wait. And it was, and they kept, ter- every, every time you went through, they turned up the speed just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's only a few guys left, and the coach was standing behind the guys that were catching the ball. Oh no! And the ball literally zipped out of the machine and smoked coach <laughs> in the face, knocked him out cold, no busted way. his sunglasses all up. He had like a pair of Oakleys on; those were just smashed. His face was all cut up. It was it, his nose was mangled. Like he he took a shot, man. I bet you that ball machine was up to like 40, 45 mile an hour. Is that uh, <laughs> is that the guy I'm thinking about? The friend of ours. Uh, no, no, that's not coach Graffy. Coach Graffy oh. was our linebacker coach. Uh, oh, okay. no, this was uh coach Holland. Rich Holland was his name. Great guy. He was a uh, police officer was his day gig, but oh. yeah, he, and he was yoked, man. Dude, uh, was built. He used to hang upside down from the gold bars, uh, from his feet. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was, he was like an insane fitness freak. He was a big Big dude, man. Yeah, we had some good good guys on that, Lord. I'm taking sure. uh, I'm taking my daughter to the homecoming game on the weekend, so uh, let's go Golden Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks, go, baby. All right, let's get to our news of the week, shall we? 
Absolutely. Detroit Lions legend Calvin Johnson said he smoked marijuana after every game of his NFL career to avoid the rampant abuse of opioids in the league. Johnson told Michael Rosenberg of Sports Illustrated in an interview last week that he used pot as a healing drug each week, but other pain relief options were readily available for players. When I got to the league, there was opioid abuse, he said. You could really go in the training room and get whatever you wanted. I could get Vicodin. I could get Oxys. It was too available. I used Percocet and stuff like that, and I did not like the way it made me feel. I had my preferred choice of medicine, cannabis. I mean, if I had to play for the Detroit Lions when Megatron did, I'd have to spend every off day in an opium den just to rid myself of the psychological terror of having that much talent while on a team that went 0-16. If he was only using cannabis, then I think he should be applauded for his strength. Hey, man. Am I driving okay? I think we're parked, man. Maple Leaf center Austin Matthews, believed by many to be the next team captain. I call BS on that, by the way. Morgan Riley would be my pick. Uh, well, Matthews faces disorderly conduct charges in Scottsdale, Arizona, after an incident last spring with a female security guard at 2 a.m. in which a group allegedly tried to get into her car and Matthews, walking away, dropped his pants. Come on. He was hammered in Scottsdale, Arizona. He probably thought he was on a golf course and the security guard was actually the beer girl. And the reason why he pulled down his pants is because one of his friends told him that his first drive didn't make it past the ladies' team. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Burglars have stolen a fully functional 18 karat gold toilet from Britain's Blenheim Palace, where it had been installed as an art exhibit. The palace told Reuters the toilet is valued at more than 5 million U.S., the toilet, named America, how apropos, was previously on display in a cubicle at New York's Guggenheim Museum, where more than 100,000 visitors were able to use it. In an unrelated story, Donald Trump tweeted earlier this week, can anyone recommend a reliable and discreet plumber? This guy's a liar. It's back to school for Antonio Brown. According to Central Michigan University, A.B. has re-enrolled in classes to finish his degree. Wait a second there, Andy. This just in. Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, says that Brown is now holding out on his classes until the school gives him his old desk back. Rosenhaus says that Brown doesn't like the new regulation desks. Call me Mr. Pictures. All right, it's time to fire it up with our weekly picks. Game one, we go down to hot Atlanta, where the Tennessee Titans are in town. Atlanta, four-point favorites at home, and the over-under sitting at 44-and-a-half. What say you, Mr. Attridge? Well, unfortunately, Atlanta's uh, Keanu Neal, safety Keanu Neal, is out for uh, another season with yet another torn Achilles injury. Uh, when that happened last year, their secondary took a real beating and ended up in the in the bottom fifth of all the rankings um, for their safeties. Uh, they weren't be- they weren't good to begin with in the secondary, and now you've got a, a bad secondary that just got a lot worse. So that's going to be an uphill climb and something to keep your eye on. But he's out for the season. 
Um, Tennessee is, of course, coming off a long rest after playing against Jacksonville last week, even though they lost. Um, you know, the, uh, the ice is melting on Ryan as he leads the league and picked off passes with six. And that's with Jameis Winston in the league. Yeah, that's, that is a crazy stat when you consider Matt Ryan's body of work, right? Yeah. 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 Matt, Matty, the ice is melting Ryan. Yeah, it's it's and it's not looking good. I mean, Tennessee's got a pretty good defense. I'm also mm. leaning that way as well as they have a better rushing attack with Derrick Henry. I love that kid. Um, I think Tennessee here is the logical pick. I think if any, if it's going to be a win uh, for Atlanta, it's going to be by three points or less. Yeah, and, and Devontae Freeman really is is not doing well this year. Um, no, I would absolutely give the edge on the running game to the Titans. And in fact, they've won five of the last seven against the Falcons. Um, so as long as this, uh, we're catching four points here, I'm going to take the sneaky Tennessee Titans. To New York City, and it's uh, a city that Danny Dimes is owning right now. The Giants, three-point favorites over the visiting uh, professional football team from Washington. And I got to say, Drew uh, Jay Gruden really needs to get himself a win here. He's looking awful. And uh, well, the Bears can do that to you, especially on prime time. Yeah, the Bears can do that. I, I tweeted out that I think Case Keenum is the the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it didn't look good. Twenty-eight nothing right off the bat, uh, going into halftime. I think it was. Yeah, but uh, you got to be excited if you're a Giants fan. You've got Danny throw another dime in the end zone, baby Jones. That kid was on fire. Now it took a lot second thirty-four yard field goal to get missed in order for them to win the game, but uh, he came. He overcame an eighteen point deficit with something that Eli Manning had never done before. Um, he also got two touchdown passes and two with his legs on his own. So I would expect that New York's pretty fired up about this guy. Yeah. However, it's funny. However. How just It's funny though. How just five months ago, he was the worst draft pick in NFL history. Eh? He's not a Duke. They Certainly were, Duke is Duke. Certainly Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than leave it to Beaver reruns. <laughs> uh, but let's look at the Giants D and they're allowing over 10 yards uh, per attempt in their secondary. And the only team that's also over 10 yards are the Miami Dolphins. And now they've got linebackers, Ty Davis and Alec Ogletree are out. And of course, we saw the exit of Saquon Barkley. So he's not going to have that crutch to lean on, Danny Dimes, I'm referring to, um, now that his top running back's out. So it's going to rest squarely on him. Um, you know, this is this is his first start at home. And I don't know. I like Washington in this spot, and they're going to be playing all out to avoid an 0-4 start like the Dolphins. I mean, obviously the Dolphins are just mailing it in, but I don't see Washington doing that. And uh, it was funny to see Booger um, calling out Jake Gruden and figuring out when he's going to be fired, um, get on him for saying what needed to be said. But I don't see them going 0-4. I'm looking for them to win out right here, but absolutely taking the three points on the road. Yeah, the the pass defenses for both these teams is pretty terrible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So both these quarterbacks uh, should have a decent game. 
I'm thinking if Danny Dimes has the game he had last week, and that was against Carolina, was it not? Actually, I think it was the Buccaneers. So um, I think like Tampa Bay's got a pretty good uh, pass defense. And uh, yeah. Jones seemed to do really well. Washington's not so much. Plus, this week, uh, Danny Dimes gets to play at home. Yeah, but I don't know if that if that works in his favor. I think expectations are un, un, unnecessarily elevated after that win. You think so, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think he's going to be under excited. a lot of pressure. I mean, these were people that were booing him not that long ago, right? Yeah, it's he's 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 got a great offensive line. My my issue with this one right now and why I'm wavering is there's no Saquon Barkley. I think he if yeah, I think Saquon no, Barkley in this if he's in this game, the G-man win this one no problem. If he's in this game, this line's probably a lot higher than 3 though. Probably yes. like four and a half, five. Yeah. I would I would definitely agree with you. This is going to be really tough, but I think as long as it stays at a field goal or under, I'm going with uh, the professional football team from Washington as well. And I believe that's with plus money as well. I think no, no, hang on. There is juice on the dog. So I think it was Washington minus uh, 125 last I saw it a lot across a lot of books. But anyway, I still like uh, I still like taking the field goal. Now when people hear the name Redskins, they will immediately think titties and baths. It's just a bold new way that we can say we don't fucking care. Go Redskins! <laughs> to Miami where uh well their fans get to pay for the honor of watching a team who's purposely trying to lose enjoy trying to get that money back <laughs> uh they're playing the Chargers Chargers are in town and desperately need a win uh Miami 16 point underdogs at home and I mean I'm getting tired of saying oh Miami they're a bunch of professionals you know they don't want to like they they've gotten crushed every week against the spread they have, but if you looked at the game last week against Dallas, they went in a halftime down four points, ten to uh, ten to six. And in fact, those two field goals, one of them could have easily been a touchdown. So yes. they could have gone in halftime against Dallas in Dallas and, and be winning. So I think that they, I think the effort level uh, has been dialed up, and the Chargers coming all the way across the country. Yep, and they, they, do, they Chargers do not play well in the East. And they, well, and they been do not play well, well this in the West, year. and they do not play yeah. well in the North. And they do not, I mean, yeah. they, they win, but they don't cover a lot. And yeah. they, they do surgery things this that mess either. up the spread, like missing field goals or extra points or fumbling on the goal line or fumbling in the red zone three times like they did two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so the Chargers I, are a very undisciplined team. They yeah, don't, they are. They, they're not playing very good football. And when you go into someone's house, you got to play, you know, I, it, it it's going to kill me to say this, but I like the home dog with 16 points here. But if Miami proves me wrong this week, I'm I'm out for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to overthink this one. 16 points at home, I'll take it. I don't really want to talk about it much longer. This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Midwest, where uh, Indianapolis has been a, a pleasant surprise this year. Uh, 
Jacoby Brissett stepping in very well for Andrew Luck and filling that void. And they're playing good on both sides of the ball. Uh, I wish I could say say the same of their opponent, Oakland. Uh, the Raiders are coming uh, in, and they are seven-point underdogs and not playing the best football uh, in the league. They're, they're, they're undisciplined as well. Their offense, like Carr is obviously, you know, just that guy was a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look at the coaching matchups here. Frank Reich versus John Gruden. Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. <gasps> And Chucky is now their teams uh, on the road for the second week in a row. A uh, fairly physical game against the Vikings last week, in which they got blowed out. She blowed up good. Blowed up radio good. Uh, by quite a bit. I don't think they were hanging around for that one for very long at all. Uh, but that was a really angry Vikings team. So was. Um, uh, and I, I, Indy always, they win. But they don't win by a lot. They allow a lot of backdoor covers. They do. And here's here's something that I will say about Jacoby Percet. So, and and this is not just 2019. This is historically in the NFL. For any quarterback that's thrown over 500 passing attempts, he's got the lowest interception rate in the history of the NFL. Wow, that is a huge yeah. stat. Yeah. So they're not turning the ball over. And as you say, you know they've got. Uh, Marlon Mack's a little banged up, but he still had a heck of a game last week. Uh, their O-line, which was built for Mr. Luck, um, now the beneficiary is uh, Jacoby Brissett, and their defense is playing well. All that being said, I'm going to take the seven points with the road dog, the Oakland Raiders. Wow. I didn't see that one coming, buddy. No, but, I didn't uh, think you would. I didn't think you would. I, I'm loving I'm, Indy too much. I know they don't. Uh, win a lot of games by a lot but when they do it is at home uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is very friendly confines for Indy and I think they're playing a beaten down opponent uh, who's going to have a hard time getting their uh, offense going against a tough defense especially with Indy being at home uh, as long as it stays under a touchdown or at a touchdown even as it is now I'm taking the Colts well I think what you're going to see out of the Raiders or what I hope to see out of the Raiders is the way that they came out against the Broncos in week one and got that fast 14-0 lead. They were all firing on all cylinders. Um, they were excited. They were jumping around. And if you can sort of bring that atmosphere, and I realize that was in Oakland and, and not in Indy, but um, if, if John Gruden can carry that. So they have been on the road. They've been, you know, um, fraternizing with each other uh, for two weeks now. So I maybe see a little more cohesion in the way they execute. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders. Our next matchup features a first round quarterback against a guy who wasn't drafted, but sure looked pretty good last week. And Cam Newton said, I'm of course talking about Houston at home against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Texans are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home, uh, but if Allen keeps playing the way he did last week, uh, there could even be a quarterback controversy in Carolina because I think Cam Newton, he's only really had one MVP season, like one really good where he's worth that kind of money. Allen's a much softer cap hit. 
You mean you mean Kyle? You'll need to Google me to know who I am, Alan. Yeah, that uh, that's the I, exact. I think one. that was going into last week. I think everyone knows who he is now, and he put on a clinic. Yep. Um, and he you looked know, so good in the pocket. Yeah, and considering that uh, Cam had lost his previous eight starts, I don't think there's much of a controversy here if this kid keeps winning and throwing up thirty points or thirty five points every week. Now he's not going to be doing that against the Houston defense. That has, uh, you know, J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. But um, I am looking for them to, to be able to move the ball. And right now, with Carolina's front seven, you got linebackers Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, defensive end Brian Burns, who's got two sacks on the air, versus that sieve of an O-line that Houston puts on the field every week, much to the detriment of Deshaun Watson. I think that's the key matchup you got to look at here. Um I just like the way, like McCaffrey had 188 all-purpose yards last week. I look for him to have another big day, help out his young quarterback, and, uh, you know, maybe not win outright, but, you know, this uh, four and a half, sort of a dead number, but I'm going to take the Panthers on the road with the points. I'm glad you brought up what I think is Houston's Achilles heel. For all the skill they have at the skill positions, they have a horrible offensive line. And Deshaun Watson is constantly under fire, which gives me a ton of respect for Deshaun Watson because he makes plays with guys in his face constantly. I can only imagine what Deshaun Watson would look like behind Indy's O-line. Like He'd have an MVP year. Oh, absolutely he would. But you can't complete passes if you can't plant your feet to throw the ball. Just ask Baker Mayfield from last week. So... I think I thought the big matchup as well was Carolina's front seven versus Houston's offensive line. I think that's the matchup that's going to decide the game. And I actually like Carolina here on the money line. Listen, pal, maybe you haven't heard. I'm the guy in all Detroit. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. You're and we were talking about Detroit. Detroit is uh, back home this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, instead of Philadelphia, which was a, a pretty nice opponent to have at this time of the year, they have to face the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Detroit, six and a half point underdogs at home. The over under here is 54. KC uh, usually goes over lately anyway. Um, I, I like KC here. I don't think, I think under a touchdown, you got to look at KC as, as, as being able to win by more than a touchdown. Talk me out of that. Well, it started at seven then it took down to six and a half. Um, I think a lot of people are drinking the lion's Kool-Aid, um, sharp betters alike, along with the public. Um, now you took Detroit on the money line on the road against a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. That was and, two years ago. And now and that was under home. Nick Foles. And well, true enough, but now they're at home in the confines of Ford Field, wherein Patrick Mahomes has never played indoors before as an NFL quarterback. And we brought that up a couple of weeks ago when the Chargers were playing in Detroit. Um, they hadn't they hadn't played inside in three years, and they ended up losing that game 13 to 10. So I think that favors Detroit. Um, now with Carrion Johnson being a reliable back, he got over hundred yards again last week. Um, I think what you're going to see is the play action uh, being successful for Detroit um, because they're going to have to respect the run. 
And, and Casey's secondary is not that good. You know, we're still waiting for them to see. We we know what Mahomes can do, right? Yep. Casey and does I, have a weak secondary. They have a very weak secondary. And Their pass rush isn't even that great either, which doesn't help matters because it gets receivers a lot more time to get open if your quarterback's not rushed. And Matt Stafford is, you know, a, a guy that can get a lot of yards if you're going to give it to him. Yeah, and, you know, you can even probably see a backdoor cover here at home. Like, how often is Matty Stafford playing from behind? You know, the only thing that would concern me is if Casey gets up to, like, a 17-0 or 20-0 lead off the bat because Detroit will not be able to keep up with that. But if they can keep the game close by halftime, I really do see them covering this number, maybe handing Casey their first loss of the season. Whoa, oh, oh, yeah, I said it. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be D-Town that hands them their first loss. Uh, well, I think wouldn't it be something if it was? Well, wouldn't it be and then, then Detroit will have a brand new identity. Um, people will actually believe in them for once in 30 years. Oh, if you talk about statement wins, then you bet. Because, I mean, uh, the NFC North this year is actually looking pretty competitive. And if they beat a team like KC, uh, that... That says a lot for them, either you know, getting the division or maybe even getting a wild card spot for the first time since I can't even remember. If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. On to Charm City, where the Baltimore Ravens are seven-point favorites against the visiting Cleveland Browns. Let me tell you something. Cleveland's offensive line is dog shit. You suck, you jackass. <laughs> that's, uh, that's being kind, I would think. Yeah, that's, that's my kind. passionate analysis right there. There, There's still the factory of sadness after that embarrassing loss to the Rams on primetime. Prime time. Did you see what Rex Ryan said about Baker Mayfield? Yeah. <laughs> he said he's, he's as overrated as hell in the wake of Cleveland's one to start. And so what did Mayfield come back with? If you don't wear orange and brown, you don't matter. And Rex Ryan doesn't have any colors right now for a reason. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty Burn. funny. But I mean, right now, I, I think if you wear orange and brown, you don't matter. Well, Let's look at some of the coaching decisions, specifically the fourth and nine play where Freddie Kitchens calls a draw play. Yeah, draw off tackle. There you go. Do you know do you know how long you have to go back in the NFL where there was a, a down of more than eight yards on fourth that uh, a, an intentional running play was called? I'd have to say you'd have to go back to Emmett Smith or Barry Sanders. Yeah, you, you have to go back to the early 90s for that. Yeah. And like, I, I don't. I don't understand. Freddie Kitchens just—he seems out of his element. I think you know. Well, he didn't even have a coordinator's job before this, right? No, he was. He was. He was the coordinator there. Oh, I that's think, right. Oh no, it was Greg Williams. Yes. No, Greg Williams was a, coor- a coordinator. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The guy. The guy should get a. Uh, he, he should go to a barber and get a shave someday. He looks he looks awful, but. Um, the coaching matchup series. So you got Freddie Kitchens versus John Harbaugh. Hmm. Um, now, that being said, who did Baltimore play last week? Kansas City. And that was a burn burner. And they looked know. and they looked pretty darn good. They looked pretty good. You know, they gave up they gave up the big lead and were playing from behind, but 
Uh, they didn't make a ball I was game. More impressed, I was more impressed with how their defense did against Casey's offense. Their defense is what kept them in the game. And if yep. your defense plays that way against Cleveland, it's going to be another long game for Baker Mayfield and his dog shit offensive line. And now who does Baltimore play next week? I couldn't tell you. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh? Steelers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which even though they're not divisional the game season so far, it's a divisional game. And that's really the black and blue bowl of the NFL. It is. Um, so where am I going with this, Maddie? Uh oh, is this a sandwich game? Maddie, this is the sandwich game of the week. It's an almost wise guys sandwich, sandwich game. game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. So you're going with Cleveland. So, yes, I will be on the side of Cleveland, who I just said were embarrassed last week. Baltimore, um, they played a pretty physical game against the Chiefs. Coming back home and then to go on the road and play against Pittsburgh next week is not something that they're going to take the eye up. But, you know, if they get up to a, a relatively comfortable lead, um, I can see them taking their foot off the gas and maybe a backdoor cover here with Baker Mayfield uh, to OBJ. See, I just, I, I just don't see it with Baltimore's defense, dude. Not at home. I know, I, you know, this is a good candidate for a sandwich game, but uh, I'm off of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they, I, I'm not impressed with the way they've played all year, especially like I said, their offensive line. They got guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. But if your quarterback can't hold the ball more than two and a half seconds, which Baker Mayfield can't. Uh, like his completion percentage was something like 13 for 18 or 14 for 18 when he had it for two and a half seconds or less over two and a half seconds. He was like 20%. And so it doesn't matter if you've got great receivers that can go downfield and make plays because they don't get the chance to their offensive line is not good enough. So I'm with, I'm as long as it stays a touchdown or less, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. One, two, three, go Bills. Go Bills. Here we go, Buffalo. Oh, Bills Mafia. 3-0. How does it feel? Well, it's going to be a much... It's been a while. Yeah, it it has been a while. But, man, uh, they're in tough this week as they are hosting the New England Patriots, a divisional matchup. Buffalo, seven-point underdogs. Um, But let let me say this. The Patriots have done well winning this year, but the teams they've played are are absolute garbage. Yeah, the Steelers, uh, the Dolphins, and the Jets, who are a combined record of 0-9. Right. So, you know what here? And I, I, I'm i going to sound absolutely loony for doing this, but as long as it's 7 or above, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I love their well, defense. Me- I think their defense is going to throw fits for Brady because we've all seen that's the way you beat the Patriots is you have to make Brady uncomfortable in the pocket because he won't take a sack. So let me just throw out a few stats to – just sort of place the game where it should be here. Pats have won 34 out of the last 37 games in Buffalo. Now that even predates Brady. Brady is 15 and two. You know what that means? That Brady is the winningest quarterback in Buffalo since 2001. And that includes Buffalo quarterbacks. Wow. Yeah, that's brutal. Brutal stat. Buffalo hasn't, they've they've just had a, a series of journeymen go in and out of that job. Yep. And Bill Belichick is now the defensive coordinator for the Pats, who have not allowed a defensive touchdown um, all season. And I think that's one of the first times it's ever happened through three games. So, yeah, once again, uh, though, the offenses they've played have 
not been very well, good. Well, they can't control their schedule, but you know, they're playing well. Now, here's the key. Fullback James Devlin is now on the IR, and they use that guy a lot. Yeah. They not give him the ball a lot, but for blocking downs, this guy, the guy was money. Um, most teams don't even have a proper fullback. Well, they also um, got Rex Burkhead, and he's technically a fullback as well. Right. And he got me 15 fantasy slack. points last week as like a he'll, rotational guy. Yeah. Um, but well, I think with with Devlin out, I think this gives uh, Bills an opportunity to, to move the ball. And um, I'm, I'm taking Buffalo with the points at home. Now, before we go on to the next game, Maddie, here's a little betting line for you. So earlier this summer, the Buffalo Bills held a halftime wedding of a lifetime experience contest where one lucky winner couple would tie the knot during halftime at this Sunday's matchup between the Bills and the Patriots. For better, for worse, it all falls in the Bills' fan-tennial weekend. And thanks to Bet Online, you can actually wager on these festivities. So to celebrate the annual event, Bet Online has placed odds on whether a dildo will get tossed on the Bills' field or sideline this Sunday. To the surprise of a few, including possibly the couple getting married at halftime, yes, a dildo will get thrown on the field or sideline is a heavy favorite at minus 300. Some fan threw something right out on the field, too, at about the one-yard line. Yeah, initially I thought it might have been a flag, but I didn't say it because it didn't look yellow. Go The L.A. Rams back home this weekend, and they invite the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into town. Buccaneers have been on the rough end of some losses this year, but they've showed some uh, spark on offense. Uh, but the Rams, uh, they went to the Super Bowl last year and rightfully are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I think this is actually a pretty tough spread to guess. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I, I, I didn't really have a strong opinion on this until I took a closer look at what was going on. So... Let's look at what L.A.'s schedule. They were in uh, Carolina the first week, then back to L.A., and then to Cleveland Sunday night. Now they're back at home. Next week they're going to Seattle. It's uh, it's just like a ping-pong match for these guys traveling around the country. Um, like we said about Danny Dimes being under more pressure at home, I think the opposite applies here with Jameis Winston being on the road. Um, he won't have the crowd booing him every time he throws a pick six or an <laughs> yeah. INT. Right. So he, I don't think he'll, he'll feel the pressure as much. Uh, Michael Evans had three touchdowns and 190, 190 yards last week, albeit against the Giants. But they can move the ball when they need to. And I like their defense here. And the Rams haven't really done a lot to impress no. me this year, considering no. they were in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Jared Goff, so, it, it, he, I can't believe they paid him all that money. I thought, no. I, what a waste. Yeah. And, you know, Todd Gurley's. Each game seems to get a little more steam behind him. Um, but that number is just too big for me to, to consider. So I'm going to take the Bucks uh, with the nine and a half points, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I agree with you, buddy. I'm going Bucks. And down to Arizona, where the Cardinals are five-point home dogs against visiting Seattle Seahawks. 
And uh, Seattle this year, yikes. I can't believe they lost at home last week. Yeah, it didn't look good on them. Um, I mean, bravo, bravo, it. Teddy Bridgewater. Bravo, Teddy Bridgewater came in and led the Saints to a victory on the road. Um, they look, they, they could put up some points. The, I, I, again, I said this before last week's game, there's nothing that Seattle's done this year uh, in any aspect of their game that entirely impresses me. You know, they don't run the ball particularly well. They don't, I mean, they put up of what, 34 points Teddy put up yeah. against them? Yeah. I know there was a couple, okay, granted there was two uh, special teams um, uh, touchdowns, so that but wasn't all on their defense. The Legion of Boom is long gone. The Legion of the Boom is not long gone, and now, you know what? There's 12 guys on their injury report this week, and that includes Trey Flowers, Dwayne Brown, Rashad Penny, and Tyler Lockett. Now, these guys aren't ruled out for Sunday, but they're they're banged up. And, you know, it's always a great thing to bet against the public. Two-thirds of the bets are on the Seahawks for this one. And I know Arizona got handled by a rookie quarterback last week, but um, I'm looking for Kyle Murray to Put some magic up at home here and i'll take the five points at home but i subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion if everyone thinks one thing then i say bet the other way chicago chicago that title in town chicago chicago i will show you around I love it. Back to my Chicago, where my Bears take on division rival Minnesota Vikings. And uh, say what you want, but uh, Chicago is has a very favorable record against Minnesota against the spread. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, those were different teams, right? Yeah, especially Chicago. They're five Minnesota. and one. They're five and one across uh, uh, against the spread. In their last uh, six matchups against the Vikings, so that's they're not too different of a team. Mitch Trubisky was playing there. Yeah, but how many, how many of those games had uh, Chicago as favorites? Oh, I have no idea. Couldn't I tell would you. probably guess it's zero, but yeah, pretty close. Um, they are at home, and it is only two points. It is not only two a, points. Not only uh, a, not not just a field goal. So Mike Zimmer, coach for aforementioned Minnesota Vikings, I think he's learned two things so far this year. Dalvin Cook is a really good running back. Yeah, yeah, he's that, he's he. I I'd like him for the rushing title this year. Well, I, I hope you're right because I got him in my fantasy league. <laughs> and the other thing is, don't let Kirk Cousins throw a pass in the fourth quarter, which has now happened in two consecutive games. So you saw what they did, albeit against the Raiders. Um, the way that I would play this game, because I'm not sure, I, I I feel strongly enough to bet a side on this one. But I would tease Minnesota up to eight, and I would also tease the under uh, to 44 and a half because it's going to be a very low-scoring game, and it's probably going to be a very close game. Um, tell, tell me what you think about your Chicago Bears. Well, uh, you know, so I always think the Bears are going to win. Well, so it was people a pretty, have impressive, to... pretty impressive performance on Monday night. It was, and that's, I mean, Khalil Mack, he's just a really good football player. He's really yep. good at football. Like, my Lord, just in the first half alone, he changed the entire game last week. And if you're going to give your offense the ball in, you know, inside your opposition's 50 a few times a game, they're going to convert that to points. I don't care who's quarterback. I love David Montgomery as uh, the Bears' kind of new number one running back with uh, 
Cohen kind of platooning in and out of there for like third downs and such. Uh, that Montgomery kid runs really hard. And, and Chicago. Yeah, I think he had 68 yards on the ground yeah. last week. But man, the, the Chicago's defense are a bunch of ball hawks too. When you got like guys like Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller back there, uh, Amukamara, like they, Chicago's defense could just be a straight up 11 Pro Bowl defense. They're, they're like, they're just stellar at every position. Do you know that they've had? I can't remember how far this dates back, but they've had more takeaways on defense than they uh, than they've scored touchdowns on offense. Yeah, I did see that, and I can't remember how far it goes <laughs> back either. But that doesn't surprise me. No, I mean, even if you go right back identity, to the that's the way they that's the way they roll. Yeah, you know, and they got to the Super Bowl in the Rex Grossman era playing defense just like this. So uh, as as long as it stays under a field goal, under three, I, I'm wish I'm taking the Bears. Um. Well, and I'll take I'll take the over as well. Yeah, really. Thirty-eight and a half is pretty low. It's low, but they their their total on Monday night went over. You're going to see a lot of running plays between these two teams. Um, yep. It is okay. So Chicago's on a short week. Minnesota needs to keep pace. I I like. Let's call this a pick 'em. I don't really care about the two points. Let's, uh, let's disrupt that trend that you mentioned earlier. Let's go with the Vikings on the road. So tonight, I'd like to put all the doubts to rest. I would like to announce to my hometown of Chicago and all of America that I am ready for the Bears to go all the way, baby. Stop Bears. Stop Bears. City, where Denver is laying three points against the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, I'm actually pretty shocked that Denver's laying three at home because they aren't playing well enough to have earned that, even though they're at home. I'm astonished that they're three points favorite at home. Um, like Vic Fangio, defense, where? They've got no sacks or forced turnovers so far through three games, and he's supposed to be the defensive guru of the whole league. Yep. So this is not exactly your orange crush of the 1970s. And then we go to the other side. Gardner, did someone order a pizza? Minchu? Holy crap. Passer rating, 110.6. Five TDs and only one pick, and he's completing almost 74% of his passes. Um, I like the way he's playing, and I think their fans do too. Now, there will be one guy conspicuously missing from their defense, uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's had quite the week beginning with an announcement on Monday that he was suffering from flu-like symptoms. And then on Wednesday, he showed up on their injury report with a back injury. And then later on the same night, he told the team that he was going to be with his girlfriend for the birth of their child. So far this semester, he has been absent nine times. Nine times? Nine times. So whatever excuse you want to use, he's not going to be in the lineup. But you still got guys like Calais Campbell who can... Who can do really well. Um, you mentioned the total um, being a 39, one or two games under 40. You're not going to see a lot of scoring here. You m- might likely see more scoring at your local drive-in movie theater than you will at this game. Hi-oh! 
Gardner Minshew's not making a lot of mistakes, and Denver's defense is not what it once was. And then you flip over to the other side of the ball. You've got Joe, I'm not an elite quarterback, Flacco, facing off against uh, a really good Jags defense here. Yeah, and it's it's not even he's not even elite. He's not even interested in playing the quarterback position. He just looks like his head's somewhere else altogether. Yeah. yeah. Look for Jacksonville to capitalize on that. Um, you know, even though they're on the road, I think they travel. I like Jacksonville here with the three points. Our first primetime game of the weekend on Sunday Night Football. The New Orleans Saints play host to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, This is going to be a fantastic game if uh, their prior play uh, is any indication. Uh, New Orleans actually a surprising underdog at home. They very rarely are an underdog at the Superdome. I guess Teddy Bridgewater still isn't getting the respect uh, that Drew Brees does. So they are two and a half point home dogs. Uh, Dallas, though... um, they're looking great this year, but we all know also Jason Garrett is not very good on the road. Uh, no, and in fact, the Saints have covered the number seven to last eight times against the Cowboys, and that's because Jason Garrett, he's got a panache for drinking hand grenades in the French Quarter the night before the game. <laughs> but no, you're right. He is out of Big D, and I think it's the play of Big D that and their D uh, that the reason why they're favorites here. Um, I think this started at three and a half and then quickly went to a field goal. Now it's down to plus two and a half for New Orleans. Um, Dallas really hasn't played anyone of significance. Now, again, they can't control that. They are, they're firing on all cylinders on the yeah. offense for the first time um, in the Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott era. Uh, and their defense obviously is playing well. They've got a great offensive line. But this is New Orleans, and this is the Superdome, and we know how hostile an environment that can be for visiting teams. You're going to see a few false starts. Um, it's going to be loud. It's, there's going to be a lot of animosity there. And here's another stat for you, Matty. Teddy Bridgewater, in his last 30 starts, has covered the spread 23 of those 30. Boom. Only lost, Lock yeah. it up, Teddy. I got to so, like hearing that. You don't often get the Saints at home as underdogs, but when you do, you got to take them. You got to. I think the Saints go marching in here. Monday nighter where the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers four point favorites at home uh, against the visiting Cincinnati Bengals. And dude, let me tell you this, man, the way Pittsburgh uh, played last week, they have no business being a home favorite. No, no, they don't. And you know, it five turnovers against the 49ers. And that was because the 49ers are coughing up the ball. Yep. Uh, and uh, so I guess, yeah, they were at a uh, plus four turnover ratio and still found a way to, to lose the game. Um, Cincinnati, I, you know. You don't know. I agree with you. You don't know what you're going to get. You with don't them, know what you're going to get. But you will get them putting points up because Andy Dalton does put points up. Can uh, Kyle Rudolph compete versus, with that? 
versus the Red Rider, Andy Dalton. Um, I'll give the edge to Dalton there for sure, uh, yeah. especially in a primetime game. Um, the Pittsburgh fans can't be pleased. When was the last time these two teams played each other this late in the season and not one of them had a win in between them? Yeah, it's uh, it's had to have been a while because Pittsburgh's been dominant for a long time. I'll, I'll bet that it's never happened. Yeah, that'd um, be a good that'd be a good guess. So I don't make I don't make a lot of guarantees, but I guarantee you I will probably not be watching this game. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I probably it's will on Monday night. Either. There's no other games on. Um, I guess that's that's the way to get you get you to watch <laughs> these games by, by showing no other ones uh, with two zero and three teams. Um, but in a divisional game, and as I said. Pittsburgh and Baltimore are squaring off against each other, so there's a bit of a look-ahead spot here for the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. I kind of like Cincinnati to cover the the four points, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I like the Natty to cover the four points, and I think this is another uh, this is another one you could give serious thought to a money line pick. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I mean, you got to pretty much hold your nose uh, when you make the bet, but um, stranger things have happened. Um, I do think this total might be a bit low. Um, yeah, 44. I think it's a bit low. I think you might see a little bit more scoring than that, only because both defenses are kind of horrible. Um, probably closer to 48, 49. Um, so I'm leaning that way. Not an official pick, but, uh, you know, against the spread, let's go bungles. <laughs> Every now and then, we're lucky enough that the commissioner of my fantasy football league drops by to uh, discuss uh, football from a fantasy angle for you all. So uh, it is time for fantasy time with the commish. And uh, we always thank the commish for taking the time to show up here. Uh, Mr. Commish, assuming you're in a keeper league, how would you handle the departures of big name quarterbacks like Drew Brees, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning and Cam Newton? Well, boys, that's an incredibly good question. Some of these quarterbacks are out for an extended period of time, yes. However, that doesn't mean you have to cut bait on them altogether. Based on the fact that some of these guys are going to be missing a significant amount of playing time this season, I wouldn't be shocked if you could reacquire them in the redraft. Remember, we're talking about a keeper league here, so you have to consider both short and long-term consequences for your decision. Remember, most scoring systems favor quarterbacks. So if you could take the hit on your bench, hang on to them. Which players this season already would you consider to be surprisingly effective? And moving forward, who are a couple guys who are likely undrafted that you would consider picking up sooner than later? Let's start off with a quarterback who may be under your radar. I'm talking about Jacoby Brissett, quarterback for the Colts. Full credit for stepping up after Andrew Luck's surprise retirement to lead the Colts to a 2-1 record so far. Now, fantasy owners love a quarterback that can score and protect the ball. Brissett has a 7-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio to date, which ties him for the third most touchdown passes in the NFL heading into week four. Indianapolis is facing an unimpressive middle-of-the-pack Raiders defense that's allowed an average of nearly 30 points in the first three games. Now let's talk about Justin Jackson, halfback for the Chargers. The Chargers' potentially potent offense should explode against Sad Sack Miami, and that would equal resting time for starters. Perfect example is this past weekend when the Cowboys gave back up Tony Pollard 16 touches and a touchdown in order to not risk injury to Ezekiel Elliott. 
Would you rather start a good running back in an otherwise lackluster offense like Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville or plug in an equally talented guy with a hot offense like Mark Ingram in Baltimore? Mark Ingram is a cog in a pretty outstanding Baltimore offense. That having been said, how many touches is he going to get in a game versus your number one option on a bad team like Jacksonville? Always go for the guy who's going to get the touches uh, this week. I would say it's probably Fournette. Please hang up and try again. Time for Andy's Total Prop Tease. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, Andy makes a recommendation on a point total prop bet and finally a teaser. And we invite you to do the same thing along with us on our Almost Wise Guys Facebook page. A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of the three. So take out your Swami hat there, sir. Give us your week four thoughts. Well, for our total, let's go to the Midwest, where we have Oakland and Indy playing with a total of 45. Now, Oakland's on its last leg of a two-game road trip, uh, and they've got to be tired against playing against a very motivated Vikings team last week. So far, they're giving up just under 29 points per game. And the last time these two teams played, the final score was 42-28 Indy. Um, so I'm looking to take this total over the 45 mark. Now, my prop is going to Buffalo upstate New York, where New England comes in with um, a, a banged-up Julian Edelman, still has internal chest injuries, which apparently are still quite painful. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed, but Josh Gordon left the game twice with a hand injury against the Jets. They're projected to um, score 26.5 points, and I'm figuring with that Buffalo defense, they're going to be going under that number. Uh, I think you're going to see a slow pace in the game, so look for them to go under the 26.5. For my teaser, I like to tease Minnesota up to plus eight, going through the two key numbers of three and seven. And the same thing with New Orleans to go from two and a half to 8.5. So to recap, Oakland Indy over 45, New England to go under the total score of 26 and a half. And let's tease Minnesota and New Orleans both to eight and eight and a half respectively. So thank you for listening to this episode of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week four games across the NFL. Thanks to the commish for his insights. From the Cosa Nostra studios for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week, the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. Many years since I was here.